1: And welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Ross Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. Well, 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 wow. (laughs) This really is a World Cup that continues to surprise. And I think since the last time we spoke, we've had the biggest surprises of all, haven't we? At the beginning of the tournament, I don't think there would have been many who would have predicted that Germany... Brazil and America would all be out come the quarterfinals. Amazingly, both Germany and Brazil not managing to get out of their respective groups. More on that in a moment. Coming up, I'll be once again joined by the Evening Standards' Dom Smith to give his assessment on the Lionesses' most recent match against Nigeria. Uh, And also, you may remember Paul Letters, who's been on the pod before. Well, I'm delighted to say uh, he sent us a message from Brisbane after he was at the game. Uh, but that's still to come. But first, let's just run over some of those dramatic events of the past week. At 37 years old, it's the last World Cup we'll see Brazil's martyr at. Uh, have we seen the last of Alexandra Pop on the international stage for Germany? By the time the next World Cup comes around, uh, which incidentally we still don't know who will be the hosts of, uh, she's going to be 36. And Megan Rapino, she'd already announced her retirement. Uh, I'd also imagine that Alex Morgan, Alex O'Hara, we may not see them at a World Cup either. I feel a little uneasy talking about women's ages, but it's it's factual. It is what it is. Those are the teams that have faltered, But the bigger credit should go to those that have made their way through. Uh, At the time of recording, we have Spain against the Netherlands and Japan against Sweden on Friday the 11th. Uh, Spain-Netherlands. That'll be interesting. While Spain have been scoring goals, so have the Dutch. But maybe without the same noise as the Spanish. Japan-Sweden. I've really taken to the Japanese, and I think I may have said in a previous episode they really are one to watch, and I'm going to say it, they will be the eventual winners. Uh, Sweden are good, but they're not semi-final good, in my opinion. Sure, they got past the USA, but really only because of the poor finishing from them, or... Or well, more importantly, the goalkeeping from Musovic in a Swedish goal. Game of her life. Uh, the theory about female goalkeepers being the weak link in a team is surely no more following that performance. And then it really was the uh, the cliched luck of the penalties. Uh, and let's just touch on those penalties for a moment. The first shootout of the tournament... Megan Rapino shooting over the bar with her last touch in a World Cup finals. Uh, a lot was made of her laughing, smirking as she made her way back to the centre circle. I think it was just her way of dealing with it. It must have been so many thoughts and emotions going through her head at that point. She's a pro, she's a professional. Uh, I don't think... There were any underlying issues with it Uh, she later went on to say it felt like a a dark comedy to miss in that fashion and to go out the way they did Uh, yeah the winning penalty going to VAR as much as I dislike VAR it was the ultimate in entertainment wasn't it almost very very american razzmatazz wasn't it in and in the end the the correct decision it was made wasn't it it kind of felt right that stephanie frappard the game's most high profile referee oversaw it i kind of felt i mean really they were two great saves by alessia neha in the american goal to have basically a cigarette paper's width between the ball and the goal line was massively dramatic and unseen before, didn't it? And it just put that Swedish celebration on pause for just a moment. When it was announced it was the goal, it was a little bit sort of hairs on the back of your neck moment. But it was for me. Then the other result, which was played after the Lionesses game, uh, hosts Australia... They played Denmark, uh, and they've sent Denmark home after they won by two goals to nil. They will face the winners of France against Morocco. Uh, it's looking interesting. It's good that the hosts are still in it. Um, we've always said that whatever the, the tournament, as long as the hosts go a fair distance, um, then the interest remains. So we shall see uh, how far the uh, the Matildas can go. Uh, I don't want to focus too much on the negatives, but we've seen uh, a couple of bizarre own goals, haven't we? One from Italy and one from Spain. And let's be honest, it it happens at all levels. Uh, I certainly remember Lee Dixon putting one past David Seaman for Arsenal in in bizarre fashion some years back. If you've not seen that one, uh, just YouTube, Lee Dixon own goal, it'll be there. And on the Lionesses front, it's been great to see Kira Walsh back in training this past week. Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, she was back in the starting lineup for the Nigeria game. A game that, conveniently, uh, I was on daddy daycare duties uh, for the school holidays. So I was able to sit down and watch the game over some cornflakes cool with my daughter. Now, before the game, it hadn't crossed my mind that the Lionesses... We're actually on a competitive 20-game unbeaten run. I think that's what the BBC said on the telly. Uh, their last defeat came in the 2019 World Cup, that third and fourth place match against Sweden in Nice. Uh, of course, since then, there's been the, uh, the competitive games that included the, the amazing qualifying campaigns. Of course, the amazing Euro win to where we are now. Uh, so back to Brisbane, it was seen of that Haiti win at the beginning of the World Cup. Serena began with a 3-4-1-2 formation and a line-up consisting of uh, Mary Earps, a back three of Jess Carter, Millie Bright and Alex Greenwood. Four across the middle, Lucy Bronze and Rachel Daly covering each wing with Georgia Stanway and the return of Kira Walsh centrally, uh, with Lauren James sitting behind Alessia Russo and Lauren Hemp. Uh, and just as we have been for all the previous games, I'm delighted to say once again, I am joined by the Evening Standards, Dom Smith. Hello, Dom. Hello again.
0: You well? I am, but I feel like I've aged 10 years watching that, which is exactly what Serena Wigman, and I believe it from her. That's what oh. she said. Oh, is that right?
1: Oh, yeah, haven't we all? Uh, I mean, England were favourites going into the game and possibly based on just the FIFA rankings, which, I mean, we, we all know are a, are a little bit of a nonsense. It was sort of mentioned many a time. Nigeria 40th lionesses fourth i mean this game just proved that the rankings really mean absolutely nothing doesn't it
0: yeah and their manager said afterwards i hope that we'll finally get the respect we deserve in the fifa rankings now i I admire the confidence and i like the sentiment but that that almost it made me laugh a little bit that quote because it almost sounds like uh He's almost reacting like the FIFA rankings are, are, are a, a person just putting a number on country. And actually, of course, it's a, it's a mathematical formula. It's not sort of personal. but um, Yeah, there is yeah, a science take, to it. Yeah, just not a very developed science. But um, <laughs> I, take, I take his point. They played yeah. very well and oh, um, yeah. and they played much better than England did.
1: Yeah, that, that first 20 minutes, um, there was really, I mean, throughout the game, they, they were the better team, but that first 20 minutes, they controlled it all early pressure. They smacked the crossbar with Mary Erp's beaten. And I, I mean, I, I did think that the Lionesses were, were capable of winning it, but. I've, I think I said in the, the last episode, the only game I'd seen Nigeria play was the one against Australia. And I knew they weren't to be dismissed so easily. Um, but I think they they upped their game somewhat as well, didn't they?
0: Absolutely, they did. I think before this game, I, I sort of felt that this would be a harder match than whoever England might have played in the quarterfinal. We now know that they will get a quarterfinal just about against Jamaica or, or Colombia. But yeah, Nigeria were were brilliant. Uh, absolutely brilliant they they used the wings effectively they were first to to most balls it felt like they were swifter they they actually kept the ball and not just when England went down to to 10 players but throughout the whole match they seemed the team who were able to keep the ball better they were unlucky really not to score in the in the 90 minutes because they they hit the the woodwork three times yeah
1: that that really was their downfall in the fact that they they just couldn't finish and and put the ball in the back of the net it was a game of of many incidents despite the fact that we had sort of very little in front of their goal half an hour gone after being under the cosh for quite some time Rachel Daly wins a a a soft penalty I think is fair to say which went to a VAR review um, which interestingly was was overturned Um, Georgia Stanway was was pretty much psyching herself up and telling herself what way to to place it um, when it was uh, sort of reversed, wasn't it? That was an interesting situation. I take it it was for a shirt pull initially outside of the
0: box, was it? I mean, there was contact outside the box, but very much the contact that the referee had blown her, her whistle for eventually was inside the box. So I don't think that was why it was overturned. I think it was just overturned because... You know, there's being cute, and then there's being a bit too cute. Okay, uh, yeah. I think Rachel Daly was adjudged rightly, in my opinion, to have um, sort of fabricated the contact um, so much that it wasn't actually a foul, and, and I would agree with that. I think the ref- I think the referee was right to, well, the VAR were right to send the referee to the monitor, and she was right to agree with them and overturn the decision.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get where. Well, you I say it was a, a soft penalty, the way she went down. But I, I, when I watched it, I was wondering, was the contact initially um, done outside the box? But, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. VAR has has proved itself right just as much as it did um, yesterday in the, uh, the America-Sweden game. Second half, as, as you've already mentioned, Nigeria, they immediately hit the bar again. and And much like Haiti and Denmark, Nigeria they stifled us didn't they
0: absolutely they did um they were as I say they were very energetic England just looked and I'm not sure as much lethargic as out of ideas I'm sure we'll read some pieces over the next few days now which try and argue that that Keira Walsh that England are better without Keira Walsh oh (laughs) I'm sure that will happen It it will happen but I think that's nonsense. I think it just happens to be the case that that the team that England have played who haven't got the match right against England, China, are, the, uh, are, are a team who played England when England were without Keira Walsh. But um, certainly England didn't look able to take control of midfield, just like in the match against Haiti, which opened this World Cup campaign. I mean... At the end of the day, you could see on the players' faces after that penalty shootout that they were really, really relieved to make it. I think they probably at moments during the the ninety and the one hundred and twenty minutes they they probably expected that that they might have conceded, and uh, the fact that they didn't, and then they turned uh, turned the tide and, and and won the shootout. It's uh, it's and not as much to their credit as to their relief.
1: Yes. Yeah, very much so. Um, we'll we'll come to the, the penalties in in a moment. Rachel Daly had a, another opportunity, uh, a free header saved by the the Nigerian keeper, who who has had a, a great tournament um, after what I saw against the Australia game. But the the main talking point um, will will come down to the 85th minute. Lauren James, unfortunately, sent off for stamping um on a nigerian counterpart it's a side of her game i have to admit i i've not seen before um and it's it's going to send a few ripples across the game i think
0: yes yeah, it's it's not i've never seen her sent off before but it's a side of her game that i did know was there right I and mean, you can see she's sort of she's got that feist that you know if you get if you get that sort of a player on the in the wrong moment or on the half t- on the half turn or that you know uh, their temper can take over and it certainly did in this occasion i think she she just felt that she'd been bundled a bit too hard by her opponent and um you know in the spare of a moment she stood she she stood on her back which you can't <laughs> you can't do i can't believe i'm saying that that you can't stand on a player's back but yeah rightly she was um, she was sent off um and mm. and it looks now like she, she's definitely out for two matches she could even be out for for the final if england were to get there which is devastating for her considering she she was making the tournament look ridiculously easy she's making football at the highest level look look ridiculously easy um it's probably a relief to anyone on england's side of the draw that that, that she's been um she's out of the uh, potentially the rest of the tournament now but um a, a, a big learning curve for her, definitely. She um, she must learn not to explode like that. It, it wasn't an explosion actually, but but she, but it was sort of it was just childish naivety, really. That the the likes of which can be the difference between getting further in a tournament and and going home, and, and it so nearly was. If she didn't have teammates who were as experienced and as nerveless with penalty kicks from twelve yards. She would be being blamed here for uh, as the reason why England had gone out of a tournament that, until that point, she'd been the best player in. So it's yeah. a, a bizarre situation, but one that she no doubt will learn from, mm. but but needs to learn from. I mean, I think
1: myself, like everyone else of a certain age or just a certain knowledge, will sort of immediately it brought back memories of of David Beckham and Argentina and and that sort of. In a yes. moment, petulance. Um, how do I mean? These are two totally different time periods. Obviously, that was 1998, which was my quick maths is what twenty five years ago. Mm. David Beckham was vilified, and we all know how and and what what happened. How do the FA sort of deal with this? Because She's going to be written about in the papers um, and online people and and social media. How is she going to deal with this?
0: Well, that's something that they'll be discussing in the FA right now. I think she is potentially, in some senses, the beneficiary. She will be the beneficiary of, of something which overall... Is not good in in the women's game, but it, she may be blanketed by the fact that I'm not sure that the women's game quite yet has reached the point where we always where we only ever talk about the football and we kind of castigate players when they may, when they get it wrong. And mm. I think we're at the point now where we where we're praising um, you know the the women's teams more than we're um deriding them and i think really in the end people want you to have both don't you because you, you we need it to be taken seriously it's a serious thing yes um but he may be the beneficiary of us not quite being at that place yet because i don't think she will be vilified i don't think there'll be effigies hung outside pubs no. like like, like it were for david beckham um and yeah, my prediction is that, that 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 sort of stuff just won't happen. So, of course, there'll be discussions about how she's um, looked after and protected from, from, from some of that hate, which is inevitable. But I don't think it will be on quite the scale that David Beckham had. Um, and yet David Beckham, you have to realise, was was largely kind of uh, coaxed into it by Diego Simeone. Whereas really, Lauren James, this is a this is a bigger offence. This is this is her stamping on a player from pretty much out of nowhere she 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 simply lost the aerial jewel and got annoyed about it and and felt that the player had maybe fouled her but it, it's not like she was uh pushed for a reaction it, it was pretty un you know unwarranted it, it, so it's, it's it's almost a worse offense but I don't think it will get the same vilification which is good for her
1: yeah no, fair enough. Let's uh, let's hope that she can quickly move on from it, um, and we'll see her in an England shirt very soon. Be it two games, three games. Incidentally, is that will it be in a FIFA match? Let's say if um, it's a three-match ban, uh, and England go out in the next game, argument's sake, will she be able to play in the UEFA Nations League? Come September, October time, whenever that is, without looking, or will it be in the next FIFA uh, World Cup qualifying? Do you know?
0: Yeah, she would. She would be able to compete in uh, any a UEFA tournament. It, it doesn't carry over, so it would be it would be the next FIFA match which she misses. Which um, yeah, if England were to go out, that would be a, a qualifier for the next World Cup.
1: Gotcha. That's
0: cool, and that would be, but it could be years, years time. So yeah, yeah it would be yeah. years. Three, three years or so well as we say it went to penalties
1: but just before that nigeria were unfortunate to to not get one of their own in normal time lucy bronze was involved in a uh quite literally a bit of argy-bargy in the box and that kind of went unnoticed i was quite surprised that one didn't go to var
0: yeah i think england were a bit lucky that it didn't really um but uh yeah, it only added to the drama because obviously, without that, we might not not have got to a penalty shootout. No. Because I think if Nigeria had scored a penalty. I'm not so sure England would have managed to find a goal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, with the way that Nigeria began with their penalties, I think we we may have ended up with penalties uh, anyway. Because they, unfortunately, they they weren't so strong in that that department. Georgia Stanway took the first one and, and missed, and then immediately Nigeria put theirs in exactly the same place, which was. Good for England, but but quite surprising.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It was it was really interesting to see that she missed. I think she was basically just shot of energy. Um, mm. It wasn't a terrible penalty. I mean, you you can say that a penalty is terrible by virtue of not going in, but I think that's a little bit um, I don't know a bit a bit crude and blunt, really. I mean, the fact of the matter is she she didn't miss by a huge amount. She had the right power mm. on it, but yeah, it's not hit the target. So in that sense, it's a poor penalty, and it offers Nigeria the chance to. To go ahead. And at that point, if they had done, suddenly the fact that Millie Bright has won the toss and been able to put England first means nothing, because then you're 1-0 down and you're already under pressure. So um, I think England's England's penalty takers were all good penalty takers, uh, forgetting that they did do well. They were already beforehand good penalty takers, um, but I still think that potentially what won it for England was that Nigeria missed their first, and uh, after a penalty taken each, it was it was still nil nil.
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree. Last time we had a penalty shootout was on uh, in the finalissima where Mary Earps was the the hero. She uh, she didn't have to save any in in this penalty shootout, but it was uh, Chloe Kelly of of all players who likes to step up at the right time. Uh, with the winning penalty, so a, a penalty to to grace any game. Uh, she put it away marvellously, didn't she?
0: Yeah, and so did Rachel Daly, who was arguably yeah. a tiny bit better. They were absolutely rifled home. It reminded me of the goal which Harry Maguire scored in the final of the Euros. Ah. Didn't have quite the same ending as this. Mm. Um much to the delight of of Lionesses fans, so yeah, brilliant for England. Some some good penalties, and um, yeah, the question now, of course, becomes: Does England's penalty taker change? Because Georgia Stanway was denied by the Haiti goalie before it was retaken in the first game, and now she's missed the missed the target from from the spot in the shootout. I'm not so sure it will change, but there, there will be a question there as to whether it should.
1: Yeah, interesting conversations will be had inside that Lionesses dressing room. Uh, so onwards, although the game hasn't um, been played yet, it's Colombia or Jamaica. And based on this tournament so far, it it really could be either. Um, but they're going to face a tough game, whoever they face, aren't they, in the quarterfinals?
0: They are. And um, look, both teams have shown what they're capable of in this World Cup. But it is still a great opportunity to be at a FIFA World Cup playing Colombia in a quarterfinal or playing or playing Jamaica in a quarterfinal. Th- these are not, these are not nations with the resources of England, but they're also not nations with the depth in a 26 player, sorry, 23 player squad of England. So um, yeah, England would be firm favorites, rightly so mm. um, in a quarterfinal against either of those teams. And uh it will be really interesting to see who comes through it, but also whether England can raise their game because they—they, they, I think we thought that it was liftoff in this tournament when when England went from a one 0 win over Denmark to a six-one a victory over China, but not to be—it was another sort of, it was it was a muffled kind of uh, blunt performance from England again, and I think they'll need to they'll need to address that because that's re- really that's three of them they've given now. The Denmark performance was was okay, but. Yeah, the, the the Haiti and Nigeria displays were were not inspiring in the in the slightest. Just
1: one thing I think um, maybe needs to be mentioned. I've seen people talking about it is um, Serena's lack of changing sort of players earlier on. Would that be something that you'd agree with?
0: Well, I only ever agree with that if I think that there are obvious changes which. Which would which would obviously make the team better, and I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure England have the depth that they did at the European Championships last summer, when they could they could count on Jill Scott and Ellen White and and players like that who've now retired, and a lot of their players who start now were 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 the subs at the time. I'm not sure there are many players in the starting eleven that played against Nigeria who either were looking particularly tired towards the end of normal time, or indeed had. Um, sufficiently good options from the bench replacements to to, to make a, a substitute necessary. So, I understand the criticism, especially because there's always going to be criticism when you're struggling to beat when you're when you're not ahead against the team yeah. that you were expected to be beating. But but I think the bigger picture maybe here is that England don't have it, it, England are one of the best teams in the world, and a lot of people are expecting them to go on and win this World Cup now. But I don't think they've got quite the squad depth that people maybe blindly assume that they do when they list their, when you list England's five best players or so, you know, you're talking Lucy Bronze, Kira to the both at Barcelona. Um Players like that, Russo, you, I think you maybe assume that there's a, a greater squad depth than maybe there is. So that's what I'd say
2: on that. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Well, as we've done in the our past chats, what, what
1: else has taken your eye um in the games that we've seen since we last spoke?
0: Well, the only game that I'm really thinking of besides this is the USA, which I think yeah. was a crazy match. Um, it's 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 great drama from, from a just perspective to to for a, a match to be to be decided not just by uh, on gold uh, sorry goal line technology, but. In a penalty shootout on goal line technology, and not just in a penalty mm. shootout on goal line technology, but by such a ridiculously <sighs> fine margin. I oh, mean, I it's it's laughably kind of entertaining, isn't it? You 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 sort of stuff you wouldn't be able to write up, or you or if you if you've got the option to, you would write that script. Sweden offered very little in the match. I watched it; they they really couldn't couldn't come forward. I'm not saying that the US mm. were firing on all you know and all guns blazing but they certainly were the bigger bigger threat the better team they'll be stunned as to how they're not through the states really megan yeah. rapan called it a sick joke i think that she missed her penalty and uh and that that's the end of her her career crazy really but um yeah i think the i think to be honest i know that sweden are through but i think there are big problems for both of these nations because at one time or other sweden's was the best league in in the world for women's football and uh the united states is, has been the the best league in the world for a, for a long time but i'm not so sure that the that there is a great amount of youth quality coming through for either nation and both of their leagues have fallen away in uh, in comparison to the booming wsl here at home so yeah i mean i would say potentially some slightly worrying times for both teams but certainly sweden are not thinking about that now they're thinking about a uh, uh, quarter final and rightly so
1: i know when when we very first spoke, I, I do remember you saying that you you were sort of looking towards either Germany or the United States as as favourites, uh, as were, mm-hmm. let's be honest, the vast majority of us. Uh, who do you assess now? Can you see winning it or come, I think, is it the final, the 19th of August, I think?
0: I've liked watching Spain. OK. Yep. I think that they uh, have a good brand of football and um yeah, I did my six stars to watch at the tournament before the, before it began. And I picked out Aitana Bonmati, the number 10, um, well, she plays in the number 10. I'm not sure. I think she wears number six, but she plays in the number 10 role. And I picked her out ahead of Pateas, who's of course the two time Ballon Mm -hmm. d'Or winner. And, um, I was really insistent on that. I was I was asked as to why I wanted to keep Bonatti, and I just said, just trust me. She's she's a better player, and and I think she's been incredible, absolutely incredible. She scored three three goals, I think. She's she dominates the the the, the play in the midfield for them. But I still don't I I don't want to to think that any of these sides have have got a better. I mean, Japan have been good as well, but I don't, yeah. I don't think that any of these sides have got a better chance than England. Really, if if, if England can get it can get it right and, and address their performance levels, which have dipped a bit, that I didn't feel throughout any of that match that the Nigeria were actually going to score. I thought it was sort of like that they're in charge, but they're probably not going to score. And then when it went to penalties, I didn't really feel that Nigeria are going to win it. You know, and and that sort of um that destiny of of almost I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I knew that England would win, but I think you still were confident that they would. It would have been a shock if they hadn't. And that kind of um, that that ability to remain the favourites even when it's not going away, I think there's something to that in tournament football. So I, I'm going to quietly say that England are the team that I'm I would tip for the title. But there we are. There's still hope. Dom,
1: thank you very much as always. Uh, as we say, it'll either be Colombia or Jamaica up next. I I have to be honest, I haven't got my wall chart to hand um, at this moment in time, but uh,
0: hopefully we can speak after that. It sounds good to me. Thank you very much for having me on again. My pleasure. Thank you very much to Dom there. Don't forget,
1: at MrDomSmith on Twitter and at underscore DomSmith on Threads. Don't forget Threads. Uh, We've all downloaded it, but we've all forgotten about it, haven't we? Threads. Uh, Now, I'm delighted to say... Paul Letters has sent a voice note in from Brisbane. We've spoken before. Uh, he uses the name Not Your Average England Fan on social media. Uh, and he's told us of some issues he's had as a wheelchair user before in his previous uh, trips to World Cups and his dialogue with FIFA. Unfortunately, it seems he's still having the same
3: troubles. <clears throat> So we're here at the England-Nigeria game for the Three Lions podcast. Um, gets bit, pretty noisy here, so um, I'll tell you more, I think, on the journey after the game. But we're 71 minutes in. It's nil-nil. I think it's fair to say Nigeria have had the better of the play so far. They're just taking a drinks break at the moment. So, yeah, England not playing so great you would think of that formation they had against china and then bringing walsh in would bring even more quality than Zellem, but we're not looking anything like as good as we did in the china game another issue i'd like to talk about as a fan in a wheelchair is the constant problems and fights we have with uh, fifa If you're an able-bodied fan, you can buy seats for your whole family to sit next to each other. If there's three people in your family or for this World Cup, even up to 10 people, friends and family, can buy seats together. But you can't apply for seats, for more than two seats, including the one disabled person, if you're disabled. Whether you're in a wheelchair or whether you, you go for what's called an easy access ticket, like people on crutches, people who can't walk too well. You can only apply for yourself and one other person. Of course, you can buy another ticket for your for we're a family of three for your third family member, but they will not be sat next to you. That happened in Russia in 2018. It happened in Qatar in 2022. And it happened here in Australia where we live now. Um, I know we're very lucky to have got to all these World Cups. I'm, I'm very blessed to be, to be able to get there. And you know, it's not exactly fighting uh, for world peace or um, ending hunger. But if FIFA could just change their ticketing policies to make it fairer so that disabled people could buy the same number of seats together as able bodied, that would be great. Because we've been in, well, I'm in Brisbane Stadium right now, <clears throat> our nearest stadium and we've been here as a family of three to watch the Matildas play in games which are non-FIFA games and guess what, we can apply for and buy three seats, three places right next to each other for any FIFA organised tournament you can't do that because they use a ticketing company back in Switzerland that doesn't allow it you get your tickets for non-FIFA games through tech like Ticketmaster and you're fine, you can sit together Right, I'm going to get back and uh, focus on the game now so we're in the car we're on the way back from
2: Brisbane down to the Gold Coast where we now live after the England-Nigeria game. What a derby game. Nothing like the China game England seems to be, despite keeping that formation and then just starting with Walsh instead of Zalem, they seem to be playing more like we did against uh, Haiti at the beginning of the tournament. And then, of course, they have Lowe and James, but where do we start? She didn't perform positively the way we hoped, and uh, she's also had a, a moment she's no doubt going to regret. She doesn't need me to, to pile in on that. How did you feel about the game, James? Yeah, um, I think they didn't play as well as they could have, but yeah, I mean, with a person down, uh, keeping it out of draw was still good, but yeah, then again, they, they should still be winning that game. Yeah, I mean, that's the positive, right? When England went down from 11 to 10, they didn't look any worse than when they had 11. Um, In some ways, maybe better to actually take it to a penalty shootout. We can also officially say, we're just putting this out there to the FA in particular, that the men's team has only ever won one World Cup penalty shootout, and we were there in Moscow, and the women's team has only ever won one World Cup penalty shootout we were there in Brisbane. So, you know, just dial us in. Anytime in the future, we'll be there for you. Another issue I'd like to talk about is uh, just the ongoing struggles with FIFA on behalf of disabled fans. If you're able-bodied for the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, the World Cup, you could apply for six, up to six Seats or places next to each other and sit together as a family or group of friends. Uh, and in Russia, you can apply for four next to each other. And here in Australia New Zealand, you can apply for up to ten next to each other as a high chance you can get them as well. Um, for a disabled person, whether you're in a wheelchair or whether you're sort of like on crutches or an amputee, or you, you just need a, what they call an easy access seat, like a, so you don't have to do too many steps to get to it then you can only apply for two places, one being yourself and obviously one other person. So we're a family of three. So when we went to Russia, we were I know we're very fortunate to have been to all these places and we feel very blessed to be at these World Cups at all. When we went to Russia, we were allocated... Two seats next to each other for the two adults, my wife and I, my wife being the adult carer, and our nine-year-old was allocated a seat on the opposite side of the stadium. Yes, once I kicked up an almighty fuss uh, on Twitter and Baroness Tanny Gray-Thompson and uh, BBC and others got involved in Thing, things were sorted but the ticketing system is the same every time you can only apply for two you cannot be a family of three let alone four or five i know other families only have the same issue for some people it's put them off buying tickets entirely for others they just accept and a family of four they just split into into two pairs and two completely different parts of the stadium i think they shouldn't have to accept it it should be the same for some, a family with one disabled member or more than one um, compared to able-bodied families and it's, it's just not. Uh, inside the stadium in Australia many times we've had a positive experience that once we're in there security staff can just see common sense they have some spare plastic chairs deliberately for this purpose and they've enabled the three of us uh, to sit together. Tonight it took a real argument with the security staff to actually Uh, get to that point, even though there was plenty of space. As there always is, as there was in Qatar as well, you know, those brand new stadiums in Qatar. FIFA will tell you that, oh, the reason they don't do this is because in some stadiums there's not enough space. It's nonsense. You know that seven out of those eight Qatar stadiums were built specifically for the World Cup. So they have plenty of space. I know I was lucky enough to go to all of them. So this is something of an argument with FIFA since before the 2018 World Cup, and they just deny that there's a problem. They can't see any problem at all. And I just hope that somebody out there is listening to this who can help make a difference. They just need to review their ticketing. Policies. We went to see the Matildas play in Brisbane Stadium, the same stadium we were in tonight. So the Australian national team, women's team, play last year, and we were able to book three places together as a disabled family because it was arranged through um, Ticketek, not through FIFA. But for a FIFA tournament in the same stadium, you can only book a maximum of two together. It's not right. It's not fair. It needs to change.
1: Many thanks to Paul Letters there and uh, to his son, James. Uh, It's such a shame that they are constantly experiencing uh, these same problems um, as disabled users getting disabled tickets. It shouldn't be like that. We've spoken about it before. Maybe search back on some previous episodes. This isn't the first time he's spoken about it. I hope the result of the game makes up for it in some way, shape or form. Uh, I say the result, as I know that the uh, the performance isn't likely to put a smile on on anyone's face. Um, but if you know anyone that could help Paul out going forward, or if you're someone in the same position, let us know. Drop me a line. Drop him a line. Uh, you can follow him on social media. Just search not your average England fan. Uh, and I should also mention his podcast that he does with his son, James, uh, who we did hear from there. Uh, It's called Dad and Me Do History. You can find that at your podcast provider of choice. Uh, Don't forget, like Paul, uh, you can have your say on the Lionesses. Open up your phone, record a voice note, don't matter how long it is, um, as long as it's not too long, uh, and email it to 3 podcast at gmail.com 3-T-H-R-E-E 3lionspodcast at gmail.com I would love uh, to hear from you. So there we have it. Thanks for tuning in. I remember saying after the first game against Haiti it's just as important to get the win doesn't matter how it comes but we'd all love to see entertaining football. So let's hope that the quarterfinal against either Colombia or Jamaica gives us that uh, that game incidentally is on saturday the 11th of august uh, kickoff is at eleven thirty a.m and it is on itv for english viewers i'll be back after that game uh, to mull it over i hope you can join me for it uh, don't forget you can follow the show on social media just search three lions podcast i just want to say one last thing just Commiserations um, to Nigeria. Great game um, they played. Um, but well done, the Lionesses. We move on. So until the next time, take care of yourselves. Cheers.